Thank you, Brother Gravely. What a joy it is to be here. I'm humbled greatly. I want to borrow from what a young man said at our annual Thanksgiving meeting once. I had uh, several preachers. Brother Gravely always kicked it off. We needed uh, somebody to get us in gear. And he always was able to do that. But then I'd call for some 10-minute preachers. And one of them got up. And he looked out over the congregation. And he said, wow. He said, you're a different-looking crowd than that crowd that looks at me when I'm on the tailgate preaching at a flea market. And so where I normally go, that's the way I feel. Thank you so much for coming to this meeting. My heart's been thrilled and blessed and challenged by the great preaching I have heard already. I love Brother Gravely and his family. I pray for them often. And these preachers on the platform, I pray for them and their families and their ministries and many of you out there and a lot of you I don't know but I'm so glad to be in service with you if you will I want you to open your Bibles to Luke the 15th chapter and I know that every preacher here has preached this text no doubt you've quoted it and you have referenced it once and again. But better than two years ago, I was studying for a special Sunday meeting, and the Lord touched my heart with this text. And it just seemed, Brother Gravely, that it was impressed upon my heart if I ever preach at this meeting again. This is what I was to preach. So, I'm going to give you, when I first saw it, I thought, wow, what a sermon. And that sermon's dwindled down to a thought. So that's what I'm going to give you this morning and get out of the way. All right? So, uh, let's, uh, let's begin. I'm just using one verse for right now. We'll be looking at other things as well. But if you will look with me, please, how this text begins. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Now, what was it about this preacher that the publicans and the sinners would gather around him to hear what he had to say. It was that he had a message of hope for them. They could not find that in the religious crowd of that day. But this Galilean had a message of hope for them. Then we read in verse 2, 
And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Now, I want to say the Lord was aware of the play acting of the scribes and the Pharisees. And he was very often putting them in their place. And this had something to do with those sinners and publicans who were listening because they received no help, only criticism uh, from them. But these scribes and Pharisees were the enemies of Christ. If you remember, Christ had given a parable of a man that had a vineyard and went away. And then he sent a servant to gather in the reapings. And the Bible said they stoned him. And then he sent another and Jesus said they beat him. And then he sent a third and they killed him. And so the vineyard owner said, I have one son, beloved son. Surely they'll reverence my son. I'm going to send him. And they did. He did and they killed him. Jesus said, what will the owner of this vineyard do when he comes back the way that they have treated his servants and his son? And Jesus said he will destroy them. Well, they were aware that Jesus was speaking this parable against them. And then they sent certain Pharisees and Herodians to try to catch him in their words, in his words. So if the devil cannot catch you in one area, he's going to try and keep on trying until he's able to do so. Then we see these scribes and Pharisees again in John chapter 11, where this poor woman was caught in adultery. And they brought her in and set her in the midst. Now I want to say this, and I'm not going to say much about it, because a year and a half ago, the Lord gave me a message on that John Uh, 8 verses 1 through 11. And so I was talking to Brother Chad Bailey. I was at his meeting when he pastored in Pennsylvania and Brother Johnny Jones was there. I think we were in a book room and we were talking about the way uh, some people treated sinners and name calling. And I, I remember being in a preacher's fellowship And this pastor's son said, I almost died and went to hell because he said I pretended to be a Christian so a lot of preachers would let me alone and not calling me names and all. And we were just talking along that. Let me tell you something right now. Jesus Christ never called a sinner a bad name. Now, I know that's tough, but that's right. That's the scriptures. And we were talking about that. And I said to uh, Brother Bailey and Brother Jones, I said, you know, 
I said, the Lord gave me a message over a year ago. And Brother Jones butted in and I told him what it was about. And Brother Jones butted in and he said, you're afraid to preach it. And I said, you're right. Yeah, tell the preacher. You're right. I am afraid to preach it. There are just a few places I would go, and Bible Baptist Church is one of them, that I would preach that message. That's not the only place, but there's some places I couldn't preach it. I'd be laughed out. I'm telling you, boy, I've got a burden. I can't help it. This text, I've worshiped God this morning as I have thought of this text, and they set this woman down into the midst. And can you imagine how she must have felt? And these scribes and Pharisees, Moses said, stone her. What do you say? And so you know the rest of that story. But it ends up like this. Jesus said, woman, where are those thine accusers? Doth no man condemn thee? She said, no man, Lord. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You see, Jesus couldn't break the law. And he was right there. The woman was condemned, but it took two or three. And Jesus wasn't going to break that law. Now all of them has left and there's just Jesus and that poor woman sitting there. And he said, neither do I condemn thee, go. But sin no more. Amen. Boy, I'm thankful that God loves sinners, aren't you? Now, if you will notice here with me too, the Jews wanted the Lord Jesus dead. And Pilate said to them, well, you take him. You, you crucify him. You kill him. And they said, it's unlawful for us to put a man to death, but we want you to do it. They wanted rid of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm glad, thank God, he came in for a purpose and he fulfilled that purpose. And so I, I hate to admit what I'm going to do this morning. But I'm going to use a phrase that the Pharisees made for my text. This man receiveth sinners. And so this, these Pharisees said, they said he calls himself the son of the blessed and he'd let a sinner come and touch him. Hey, I got better news than that. He touched sinners and he let sinners touch him. And it's a sad day when we've become so pious and so holy that we can't bend down because we're afraid somebody's going to identify us as somebody that's a friend of sinner. Jesus Christ was a friend of sinner. And I want to be a friend of sinners. I want to be a friend of them. Now, this man says he's the son of the blessed and uh, he's come down from the Lord God Almighty, the Jehovah God, and he receives sinners. You see, this angered the Pharisees. But then I'm reminded of this woman that came into this Pharisee's house. 
in Luke chapter 7, this same, this same epistle or same book. And when you study that, he is called a Pharisee four times before we learn his name. His name was Simon. And Simon said, if this man were a prophet, if this man's really who he said he was, he would know what kind of a man a man or this woman is. Yes. And she's touching him. Well, she was doing it right. In Bible days, they didn't sit at the table like we do. Uh, they leaned upon an elbow on a table that was low with her feet out behind them. The woman did come sit down beside the Lord. She stood behind him weeping and her tears fell on his feet. And she took the hair of her head. And I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But a woman's hair was given to her for her glory. And he just, she just dumped all of her glory down on his feet and began to dry them with the hairs of her head. Hallelujah. And he said, Simon, do you see this woman? How could he see her? He's so religious. He's so holy, he thinks. He don't have eyes to see a poor fallen sinner. He couldn't see her. But Jesus saw her. Boy, I like that song, don't you? He saw not what I was, but what I could have been. Boy, I'm telling you, if you'd known me years ago, you probably wouldn't speak to me tonight, today, and you'd wonder what in the world I was doing up here. But I met somebody who loved sinners, who cared for me and received me when many would have cast me out. But he said, he, Jesus said so many times, so many words this to Simon. He said, Simon said, I entered into your house. You didn't anoint my head. Right. Uh, that was customary. Yes. And you didn't offer me anything. And he said this in so many words said, this woman has dumped tons of respect on me. Yep. And you're supposed to be a religious man and you hadn't shown me any respect whatsoever. And I want to say in this parable alone, there's confirmation of God's desire to receive sinners. Now, I know sinners aren't welcome everywhere they go. And I've heard a lot of things and I don't want to get off into all of that, but I've heard preachers talk about getting up and going to somebody in the audience and telling them to leave because they weren't dressed properly. What are we? When the church ceases to be a hospital, we're in trouble. I can't help this preacher. God help us. He desires, if there's a sinner in this building, maybe you've been talked about and you've been criticized and you've been put down and you feel, oh, let me tell you, you got a friend. 
and you got one that will receive you with open doors. The re religious crowd may not want you, but I promise you Jesus wants you. And I'm telling you, God designed before there was ever a grain of sand or a firmament for the fowls of the air to fly through. He designed a plan to save mankind. Somehow God in all of his foreknowledge heard out in the future the moaning and groaning of a lost man. And he determined, I'm going to save that man. And it was determined before Amen. There was ever the creation that the Son of God should come and he should give his life for sinners and that which he did. God designed salvation. Man did not design it. Boy, I'm glad man didn't design it. I'm glad almighty God designed salvation. And may I say, sinner, he included you. I believe there's not a sinner upon the face of the earth for whom Christ did not die. And I believe all of them can come. When Noah was ordered of God to build that ark, all the dimensions of that ark was given but one, the door. You know why? I just wonder if he didn't leave the whole side of that thing open so everybody could get in. That's God's attitude towards sinners. I think I've told this here before, but I was witnessing to this man and he said, there's no way God would save me. I said, what do you mean? He said, you don't know what I am. He said, I'm a wicked sinner. I said, you just qualified yourself. Well, that's whom Jesus came to die for. He came to die for sinners. If there's anybody in this building that deserves to be in hell, it's me. And God saved me from that. And I bless him. Well, and then... May I say not only his desire, his design, but his delight. He delights in saving sinners. That means so much to him. And in this very chapter, it says that there's rejoicing in the presence of angels over one sinner that repenteth more than the 99 and just persons that need no repentance. And what he was talking about there is some of you think you don't need to repent. You're all right the way you're going and you're going into heaven. But he said, I'm telling you, take that sinner that repents in heaven. Oh boy, remember that song? It made news in heaven when I got saved. Didn't make the papers down here. Nobody's concerned, but heaven got all stirred up when that sinner going in. And I'm telling you, if there's a sinner in this building and he or she will come and give their heart to God, you can stare heaven up this morning. They get excited about sinners coming. That's what this whole matter's about and if we lose that we've lost it all God help us I challenge 
anyone defined in this chapter especially, but anywhere in the Bible, one word where Christ denied a sinner from coming to him. Now, Jesus had a whole lot to say against the religious crowd, but he didn't have anything to say against the sinner. One time when Jesus discouraged a sinner from coming, that's not in this scripture. And I'm telling you, there's some wicked people that came to Jesus. And Jesus saved every one of them. Amen. He'll save every one today. Well, I've done so much. You've not done that much. Amen. Christ took care of that. Amen. He died for your sin. Not one word of difficult. Hey, it's not difficult to get saved. It might be difficult to get to the place that you realize you need to be saved. But there's no difficulty on God's part. Amen. He opens his arms and he receives those who come. In fact, the key verse of Luke's gospel is chapter 19 and verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why I came. To seek and to save that which was lost. Now listen to this. I'm just going to be a few more minutes, but Paul said Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God and our Savior who will have all men to be saved. May I say God wasn't a Calvinist. He was desirous that all men be saved. Amen and amen. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now look at this matter here. Receiveth. This word that's translated receiveth is found 14 times in our New Testament. And three times it's translated as received. Once each is translated as allow accept and take. Boy, I love this one. Preacher four times is translated in the sense of look for. (laughs) Jesus looked for sinners. He didn't wait till they came looking for him. He looked for them. Amen. I love this story, Brother Borden. When Zacchaeus, we sang this song when we were kids. Remember that? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Remember that? And as Jesus passed that way, wonder why Jesus passed that way. I wonder why he came that way. <laughs> Boy, he had a lot, had a lot to do, <laughs> but he had time to go by that tree. Boy, I'm glad he had time to come to where I was. He knew the tree Zacchaeus was in. He went under that. He said, come down. I'm going home with you today. Hallelujah. Then John chapter 4 said he must needs. 
yes. go food somewhere yes. else. Yes. Now that wasn't the normal route. Right. You know that. Right. No, that wasn't the normal route. Jews didn't go through there because they hated them. That's right. They, if they had seen a Jew dying, they would have felt under no obligation to help him whatsoever. They rubbed against one of them in a marketplace. They'd go home, wash themselves thoroughly. That's what they thought about them. But Jesus had a different attitude. Fellas, we got to go through some area. I got a need. You know what that need is? There's going to be a woman come there. And this woman's a sinner. She's a very wicked sinner. Now, Jesus didn't say that, but we know that. Sure. But he said, I want to see her. And boy, he did. They struck up a conversation. As Brother Milford Biddle said, she sat down her bucket and grabbed up the well. Went running into town. Said, come see a man that told me everything I did. Is not this the Christ? Now, if you read that modern version, it it makes it sound like she was asking a question. Could this be the Christ? Yeah, that's the way one of them reads. This is not the Christ, is it? No, she went running in with her heart overjoyed and said, is not this the Christ? Is this not the one who said he's going to come? I'm telling you, Jesus looked for sinners. He knew where sinners were. Yes, sir. Lord, help me. Preacher, I'm done. 